What's going on? Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. We're going to talk UFC Austin, Darius versus Saryuki and recap what, what went down on that main card. It was a great card overall. But as always, go down, drop a like, and comment down below what you thought on the card, some of the amazing knockouts and slams we saw, even some submissions. But as always, I'm Paul Pickleweno Concha, and I'm joined with. You already know, man. It's your boy, Kev. Water boy, she boy. A.K.A. the Dom Q.I., A.K.A. Street Fight Enthusiast, and Paul. I was getting ready for the ball this card, right? So I'm getting ready, chilling, vibing, trying to catch what I catch. Every single second I caught was straight violence. Austin was insane. Back-to-back years when the Austin card did not disappoint. We didn't get straight finishes. There were like two decisions, I think. There wasn't many decisions on this card, but it was fucking mayhem. There's something about the heat out there in Austin that motherfuckers just turned all the way up. And the crowd was pretty good. I don't think it was as good as the last time they were in Austin, but it was, a, I mean, it's kind of hard to one up the last crowd. The last crowd was lit, but it was still a very good crowd. The card was phenomenal and like a lot of 50 50 fights on the main card that like they weren't 50 50 fights when that bitch started. Uh, facts. What did you, where did you want to start on this card? I mean, I didn't get to catch most of this card live. I got a lot of the highlights and replays. But I did get to see the back-to-back slams. And I thought that shit was crazy. If you didn't see the card, you'll know that um, there were back-to-back KO slams. Slam KOs. And I was watching this shit like, yo, bro, what the fuck? Because the second one was crazy. The second one, he looked like he was about to um, get his nice little arm triangle. And I'm thinking like, oh, dang. He's trying to at least sit him up real quick. So to get him up real quick to get him to let go of the arm triangle. Man, Paul, he dropped this motherfucker on his knocking. Immediately went up. Yeah, that and one was uh, that one was, I think Drakkar Close was the first mm-hmm. one. Yeah, that was insane. I remember just running around trying to get out dressed and shit. And seeing that and I was like, oh they came to fight the Austin today. Yeah, and uh, Dracard closed. Yeah, he was the first slam. And honestly, he's another one of these lightweights that is kind of going underneath the radar. He is. One, two, five. He's eight and two in his 10 UFC fights. And oh, wow. he's not really being talked about a lot. He has some good. I mean, he's beaten Bobby Green, Mark DeCasey, Rafael Garcia, uh, some solid names building up the resume. The only thing is, like, he'll have a three-fight win streak and then lose to Benil Dariush in a second-round KO. And yeah, yeah but it, it it happens like on your way up the mountain. Like you, you go. I mean, Dariush was prior to his last two fights the boogeyman of one thirty-five. People people were say or one fifty-five, and people were saying no one wants to fight the salt and pepper old man. And it was kind of true at the time. Uh, now not so much, but. I mean, ten and two, and you just got a KO. I mean, eight and two, and you just got a KO by a fucking slam. I know Dana White is like definitely is like, yeah, we're gonna market him a little bit more for his next fight. Yeah, that's facts. And then our other body slam, and it was back to back, which made it crazy. It was Cody Brunrich, middleweight. He gets the first round body slam TKO, 
And he's somebody who actually needed a win in the UFC because he he's like, what is he? Now he's four and four in the UFC, but he has wins over lesser opposition and losses to some lesser opposition. So like he honestly was he was fighting for his fucking contract out there. You could see it uh, with that body slam. I mean, he definitely dropped dog dog on his noggin, and I'm glad he got the fucking win. Now he can see. Now let's hope that he can, can build some momentum off of that bitch. But that's why they ended the prelims. That know the prelims came lit, and then uh, even uh, a prelim warrior Misha Tate, she got a dub. She got a submission win. I was happy for a dog. Yeah, uh, yeah. And she beat the fuck out of the homegirl. It was 127 strikes to 11. Yikes. 11-minute control time in what was only like a 13-minute fight, 12-minute fight. <laughs> so it was good showing for her. But on to the main card, the main of Venice, as we like to call Fifty, Like I said, it was a 50-50 fight on paper. Uh, I'm – I'm not sure if you went with Kelvin Gastelum. You may have stuck with Kelvin Gastelum on the picks, but I know I took Sean Brady. He cashed in a lot of my bets for me on a pick of money line. I thought it was going to go to decision. I thought he was just going to wrestle fuck the shit out of Kelvin Gastelum for three rounds, and he definitely did. He, he had nine-minute control time, kept taking him down, five of five on his takedown attempts. Uh, and it was like Kelvin could get back up, and then you would know, like, okay, they're going to throw a couple punches. And then Sean Brady's going to shoot another takedown and probably work. And that's exactly what happened. But I wasn't expecting Sean Brady to get the Kimura in the third round. But he had that arm. He started moving it, moving it, moving it. And then see the tap come. Good win for Sean Brady. A lot of people are thinking it's like Kelvin Gastelum may be broken. I don't think so. I think it's like he's just never going to be a world title winner. Maybe people got the hopes after the Izzy fight. But we haven't seen that since. He looked good in his last couple fights. And he just went up against somebody who wrestled fucks 90% of the division that isn't Khalil Muhammad. Yeah, dead ass. And it is what it is. That's not even a bad loss for him. Yeah, like, I don't – and it's his first fight at welterweight. I know he, he was technically the bigger man. But, like, Sean Brady has, like, the pedigree and experience of wrestling. Like, he – that's what he does. That's his bread and butter. Then another 50-50 fight, Figgy taking on Font. We both took Rob Font here. We thought him being the natural fan and waiter, the experience, good boxing, looked great in his last fight. And Figgy was getting old, but he was wrong. Right. We did not think Figgy's power was going to translate, and we looked quite wrong. Yeah, overall good. I mean – he had him on skates a little bit, had him hurt. It is also Rob Font. We've seen his chin get tested before and crack under the pressure. So, like, it was good to see Figgy's power does transfer. But now I want to see, does that power transfer to somebody who hasn't been cracked before? Like, can you, does that, like, we know Rob Font chin isn't the best. But I was also kind of shocked on how the takedowns, like, Figgy was, got four of seven takedowns. And it, it just looked natural out there, like him able to mix it up. I feel like we've been so used to Figueroa's dominating competition and stuff like that where we forget that, like, he does have a lot of submission wins. Mm, facts. He, he looked good on the ground. And then it reminds you, like, where his name is really the god of war for a reason. I don't forget. 
and I'm not saying Bantamweight is thin. It's definitely a stacked division. But you're coming from a previous champion, and now you beat Rob Font. You might be, like, depending on if some of these guys don't want to fight each other, this and that, like, he might sneak his way into a low-key title shot. Still think Corey Sanhagen deserves it before him, but still, like, he got the name power. Yeah, and availability is the best ability. And uh, your boy, Alex, uh, Alex Vieira, he was there in the afterwards to hype up a Bella Brazilian. Then we have the co-main event, which was honestly what stole the show, not for the knockout itself, but for the bad refing. Jalen Turner getting the KO win over Bobby Green. And I know you said, Kev, that you watched some of the fight and uh, live, but then you're peeping the highlights. But then before we started the show, Kev, you actually pulled up the full knockout clip to watch the Bobby Green KO and the the, the stoppage that came afterwards. What did you think in fresh eyes on that on that video? What did you think of the Bobby Green stoppage? Oh, man, I think that shit was crazy because – I originally saw the clip, and I'm thinking when he first got hit in the air, like, while they're standing up, he's damn near knocked out. Maybe one or two, and I kind of just, like, left it at that. I didn't think, no, I did not know this man repeatedly was beating on him for the next, like, 30 to 40 seconds, knocking on Bobby Green out of consciousness, back in, knocking him back out again. Shit was crazy. That ref is definitely... Definitely should have ran to the car or something. Yeah, and uh, prior to the fight, did you see the Armin Zaryukian and Bobby Green beef in the hotel? Did you see the beef in the hotel, Kev? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, oh, With Zaryukian and Bobby Green? I seen it, but I didn't understand what they have beef for. It's MMA, bro. We never know what, what <laughs> how this shit starts. We just be catching the footages in the, in the lobbies of hotel rooms. Yeah, they said Bobby Green definitely had to get guys get back a little piece. Yeah, so uh, I someone I know said on Twitter that the ref must be a Zaryukian fan, the way he just let uh, Jalen Turner just keep piecing off on him like that. But, I mean, I agree with you, Kev. It was bad. I mean, a lot of people on Twitter, let us know down in the comment section. Do y'all think it was the worst stoppage of 2023? And it, do y'all do y'all say as far is this the worst stoppage you've ever seen in the UFC? It was definitely one of the slower ones for sure. They definitely could have called that way earlier. I don't know if the depth of the ref just got yelled at for maybe stopping shit too early. He was trying to be petty if he was clean. I definitely would have stopped that this earlier, me personally. And I mean, Jalen Turner filled in for the last minute. Didn't know if he was going to make weight, but I think it shows that he's a for real lightweight. He made weight on short notice. He's already big for the division, so people didn't think he would. But he made weight, and he looked great in there against Bobby Green, who was in his own type of resurgence of his own career because he was on a nice win streak, was in the top 15, and Jada Turner made an easy, easy night's work on short notice. Yeah. And in another quick fight, Kev, the main event here, Armin Zaryukian, Gets the KO in the first round, a minute and four seconds over a Benil Daruesh. 
one, what did you think of the performance, Kev, in the knockout? And two, do you think that puts Ayukin into the title mix? Oh, 100%, definitely. I seen a poll asking who should be next for the title to fight Islam. Oliveira, Gaethje, or Saruki. I think that's very fair at this point because they knocked out all the because he beat the hitters. One thing I will say is that Saruki, and I don't know what his genetics are, but that motherfucker is chiseled, like built. I, I'm the whole time I'm watching, like, well, this motherfucker worked. I worked his ass off for this fight. Back to back first round knockouts for uh, their use with him getting knocked out. Oliveira did it in four minutes, and Saruki did it in a minute. I mean, those are two heavy hitters. But Darius, as we were saying before, was once the boogeyman. Now he's off two losses, and he's way out of the picture for a title shot now, in my opinion. Like, like him versus Islam was kind of a real thing. Now that shit, like, dead and gone. You better go get some wins over Poirier or Chandler or something because you're, you're no longer the next guy at the division. I think it really just comes down to the three you named, Gaethje, Zaryukian, and Oliveira. How, uh, anything else though you felt about the Darius or Saryukian? Um, I definitely want to see Darius bounce back from these last two losses. Pretty bad. It'd be pretty heartbreaking for a normal person. He's tough. And Sarukian is becoming... I think he's one of my favorite wrestling fighters because of his style. And he's definitely becoming one of my favorite um, fighters just in general because of his coming attitude doesn't get doesn't slow down, gives the pause to him. And then his team also together, you can tell they work really, really well together. They come up with some great game plans. All right. And I, I co-signed both of that. And Zaryukian, like, his one loss to Gamrot, very controversial. And his other loss to Islam, and like he said in the post-fight interview, I was 22 years old when he fought Islam. He's not the same guy anymore. He's 27 now. This is five years of experience. And uh, I would love to see the rematch down the line. But as always, we can't be here all night. So we appreciate everybody watching. Go down, like, and subscribe. Comment your thoughts on UFC Austin. Let us hear about the Bobby Green stoppage. And let us hear your thoughts on what's all you can, if you should fight for the belt next. I'm Paul. Pick and win him, Concha. I'm joined with Kevin, street fight enthusiast Savoy. And if y'all didn't know, now y'all know, motherfuckers.